Welcome to the Industry or Coffin Cast. I'm your host, Aitman, and well, to me, he is a special guest to me. He, I remember him from the days of base trade school, uh, studying studio production. Uh, lately, he has been doing some photo shoots, been working on editing and making some music videos, and just don't talk to him about the Dallas Cowboys. Hello, it's Adrian Arroyo. Hey, how's it going, guys? I'm happy to be here. Um, like Nathan said, I'm very special. Uh, connection we have together. I mean, we go back from, what, 2016? Uh, back in base. And, uh, yeah, it's just great hearing from you and excited. Yeah, it's great hearing from you, too, Adrian. So, actually, I have some uh couple of questions for you i mean i mean first off uh, tell the people what what you do you know uh, for our industry whore hears and casual listeners out there okay yeah um so my name is adrian i'm 24 i've been uh into video and photography for about six years professionally now um it started back when youtube first came around i saw smosh and knew I wanted to get into YouTube. Um, so back in 2012, I picked up a camera and haven't dropped it since then. Um, you know, I, gosh, what do I do? Um, I do music videos for multiple artists here in Ventura County and LA area. Um, I've been doing some photo shoots for all kinds of people, models, uh, magazine covers such as uh, Vogue Italy. I helped assisted in the cover magazine for the 2019. Um, I do band cover shoots, um, you know, for like flyers. I take photos of that. Um, but I also do some product shots, you know. Um, I edit for a few Twitch streamers. I do their highlights on YouTube. Um, I've created two short horror films of my own. Um, horror is very big in my eyes. Um, that's what I want to do. Um, and yeah, just continuing on working on um, some personal projects here and there. Wow, you actually worked on Vogue Italy. I'm, I'm just amazed of how, how much you have accomplished. I'm, I'm really proud of you, Adrian, of how, how far you have come, you know, since the vase days, you know. I mean, I'm really happy for you because because you're part of my network, so that makes me look good in a way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess if people want to know my background, uh, I've always wanted to entertain and also wanted to be behind some type of microphone. Didn't matter what, what type, just any microphone. So I'm really happy about uh, podcasting and also working at Industry Horror, uh, helping out employ autistic adults, and, you know, and, yeah, it's really great. Let's see here. Well, you mentioned about you have made a couple of horror short films, so which one out of them would you think would have a chance to either be, like, made into a miniseries or a full feature length? Um, I would, man, so I've, I've done, I've done two. 
Um, I've been wanting to do them every October, but ever since COVID, you know, that's been hard. So I haven't done one the past two years, but um, I have one called uh, Ghost Adventures. That could be a mini series, you know, um, not to give any spoilers, but that one's basically a documentary team um, that does ghost adventures for, for uh, TV, uh, It Goes Wrong. Um, so that can definitely be a mini series of before what happens to them, like, you know, showing leading up to the film. And then another one, my other film is called um, Collab, Collab with Abel, which is basically a YouTuber who, who just has some evil intentions. Uh, definitely that could be a full feature length film yeah that's uh that sounds great uh one of your projects kind of sounds like the Blair Witch project but maybe done a little bit better it sounds like <laughs> you know? yeah, definitely inspired by a Blair Witch project <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I don't want to go immediately talking about your cowboys but 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 a lot of people don't realize uh you're also a father now, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh my son's sixteen months now. Wow. Congrats. Thank you. So so I was actually kinda curious. So now that you are a father, does uh does it give you a little bit of a different perspective uh creative wise? Um yeah, so um, I found out I was going to be a father before COVID. And then uh, with everything going on, you know, it did help me um, being able to focus on him because there is no there's no work out there. You know, everything closed down. So no concerts, no, no photo shoots, no video shoots. Um, so I was able to focus all my time on him. But now that things are slowly picking up, um, you know, I I have to be more picky about which projects I do work on and which projects I don't. Um, you know, if if I could, I, w- I would say yes to all the projects that come my way. But um, because I do want to be in my son's life, um, I have to be picky about it. It does help in a way. Um, my son's mom and I aren't together anymore. So we do have a schedule. So what I've done creatively is basically the days I don't have him, I, I work all day. I, um, I basically uh, double book myself. Luckily, I have insomnia, so I don't need much on sleep. And then the days I do have him, um, usually, you know, we'll stay home. And that's when I edit the projects that I filmed while I, I wasn't with him. Um, so I, that's just how I've been making it work. I did have to get creative that way, you know, figuring out a schedule. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just worked out that way. Well, that really does sound reasonable and really caring on, on your part. Uh, for me, uh, I ended up being an uncle uh, this uh, past year. My brother 
uh, has a girl named Camden. Oh, and, wow. uh, congratulations. Thanks. Uh, so, it, to me, in a way, uh, I've been working on some more, uh, some side projects for me that at some point I could be able to tell, you know, to, to Camden at some point, you know, telling stories that I, I'd never thought about, you know, going in that direction of telling story-wise, you know, you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like telling, like, instead of more of, you know, mature, you, you focus more on like writing, you know, some stories that you could tell to a, to a baby or tell, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to like that way, um, I don't know, I guess my horror films is more mature, but, um. I don't know. I uh, I haven't changed the way I write yet in that way, I guess. Um, well, I haven't done any projects myself, you know, like it's been two years since I've done a creative project. But the, um, usually the people I do work with, uh, you know, it's based off their vision. Yeah. I don't know that that's what something that, that I kind of noticed ever since of being an uncle, you know, and <laughs> you know, and then seeing a baby and seeing their twinkle in their eyes, and you're just trying to do everything you can to to let them know, you know, that that they have a whole entire care and supportive system, you know, of a family. Like, no matter where you go, there's going to be caring and loving people in her life. <laughs> oh, yeah. Babies are special. Like, there's nothing in the world that they do wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I, I have a question. Since you are quite a, I would say, an expert, you know, with uh, cameras and so what is a camera shot that you want to see more in horror movies? Like, oh, like, you notice, oh, I wish they had more of this so that way, you know, it could be based on plot-wise or... Oh, man. Um, I really want more... Okay. Who... Uh, dang, that's a... I have so many shots in my head. Um, but the one that I don't see anymore is the basically a killer pov shot um you know a lot of these horror films like you just you just get it from, you get third person or um uh, you get it from the human's uh perspective but you don't you never see the killer rarely um I think the one that does it the best is Black Christmas. That whole majority of that film is through the killer's eyes. Um, and it's just interesting, you know, because in majority of the movies, you see the survivor like, oh, how'd they get in the house? So why not, why not, show, why not show us how the killer got in the house? If all the doors are locked, how did they get in there without breaking any windows? Um, 
So definitely, I would like to see more killer POV um, in the future. Um, I think that's a lost perspective that in a uh, creative way, like directors can get creative with it and go from there. Oh, mine is a little bit more basic. I, I, I was going to say the, the only few camera shots I remember from, from base uh, is the rack focus, only because I remember struggling, especially with the final, with the rack focus. You know, because usually with the rack focus shot, uh, you see them uh, – it <laughs> – I lost my train of thought. Hold on. <laughs> the the rack focus shot and that is a shot that is difficult, and you mostly see bizarrely in romantic movies of someone thinking they're alone and saying someone they love, and and the person they love is right behind them. You know, you you focus on that uh, the forefront shot, and then the backfront shot. You find out, oh, they see it. I think the rack focus shot needs to be in a lot more horror movies uh, and, and less in soap operas and rom-coms, to be honest, because I think it's high time that the rack focus is in horror movies. Why I think about it, especially when you finally the monster sometimes that, that makes all that ruckus and you're just wondering, what does this monster look like? And, you know, and you have the person not being aware of what's behind them so you have the forefront and then you can focus and you reveal the monster and then you can do that. You could also do that kill killer point of view shot as well. As well. Uh, if you want to. But but it's a difficult shot. It's about timing. And, and I can understand why there's not a lot of rack focus shots, especially in horror movies, because you just have to have the right timing. Because otherwise the, the horror... Uh, you know, the audience will not be in horror if you just don't have the right timing. It's almost similar to comedy. You just have to have the right timing. And <laughs> and I'm realizing I'm starting to sound as one of those uh, Coursera or Masterclass uh, online courses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, I agree with the rack focus shot. I think if if done correctly like you like you said timing is important for those shots yeah so actually i actually have a curious question for you i mean since i'm i, I kind of talked like one of those master classes not as master of a class but like we could call it basic class <laughs> but I'm I'm curious, what do you think I would teach for a master class? And then I'll tell you what I think you would teach for a master class. Um, you are really great when it comes to voice. Um, I think you can teach uh, how to deliver different emotions when it comes to speaking. Like, um, I guess it would appeal more to sports broadcasters or actors. Um, you can teach them the importance of emotion when you're saying a line or just reading a script. I think you'd be good at that. Ah, thanks. I really appreciate that. I, I could definitely see you teach about 
uh, lighting for a music video. Cause man, I've seen some of your music videos. They are very colorful and definitely with color grading. <laughs> like <laughs> a- absolutely. Like I would definitely would be curious on what how you come up with all these different colors and knowing the right exact tone of color for the specific music video. I mean, you do a great job with that. Like I just get amazed sometimes of what colors you select for music video lighting wise and especially with cameras and, and editing and gosh, you're just really, you were made for this. I am so happy that you are in this field. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, that that truly means a lot. <laughs> Let's see here. I have, I think, one more. Oh, I have two more questions, and then we'll wrap up, and you can do a plug, okay? Okay. Okay. So what do you think it will take for the Dallas Cowboys to finally get over the hump and get back to the Super Bowl. Oh, man. This is supposed to be our year. <laughs> um, honestly, I think our lines, our both offensive and defensive lines, need to get stronger. Um, I mean, they're decent lines. We're, we're pretty good, but, you know, there's five people on the line, and... and yeah, we have one or two people that are good for each side, but we we need a whole team. So definitely, if we had a better line, it would give Prescott more time and Ezekiel Elliott bigger gaps to work. Um, I think our pass game is good, um, but we just need to have more... I feel like we need more explosive players. Like, defense, defense is perfect. Um uh, but just for string, um, you, as you see these the season, a lot of people, a lot of teams were hurting because of the COVID outs. So um, all I would say for defense side is is just have an awesome second team. So if somebody does get injured or, or is out because of COVID, um, it doesn't hurt us because second team is just as amazing. And then just the the coaching, I think we need to make better plays. Um, but other than that, you know, just the lines. The the line is probably what's killing us the most. I I would like to add also clock management, as in maybe clock management train for Mike McCarthy as well. I mean that I I mean I could understand, but if you had a timeout, okay, that that's a good play to call. But if you have no timeouts, um uh, I, I don't agree with that. It, <laughs> You, you got to quickly get to the ball. Uh, I think there was a great example of that. I think it was the L.A. Rams and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, like when they were getting down the field. Oh, yeah. That is a better example of what you do if you if you do something and you have no timeouts. That's a better example. You hurry up and then you spot. I know that was the plan, but that's a better example of how you do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, with my Colts, I think what we need to improve on is we might have to look for a different quarterback. Carson <laughs> Wentz is not the way to go. I, I'll be honest. Uh, 
I was kind of hoping that the Colts would find a way to get in the playoffs, but then again, if the Colts did make the playoffs, then they would end up getting destroyed by the Kansas City Chiefs. And, uh, you know, it's just – if you can't beat, like, one of the lowly teams in order to get in the playoffs, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. <laughs> definitely showed when the Indianapolis Colts couldn't beat the Jacksonville Jaguars of all teams just to get in the playoffs. I just – this is definitely going to be one of those memorable NFL seasons, especially this past week. I mean, everybody's going to remember this. It was by a field goal and even a game that went into overtime. And it goes to show that even in two games, nine touchdown passes, no interceptions, the mantra, the story is offense wins games, defense wins championships mm-hmm. that buffalo bills defense definitely fell apart even though there was 13 seconds left <laughs> 13 seconds even the announcers which by the way a golden rule for announcers out there if you are listening the game isn't over till it has triple zeros on the clock. I know you want to say, oh, it looks like this game is over. The only way you can get away with saying the game is over is if it's 42 nothing with a minute left. But even <laughs> with Tom Brady, Tom Brady would find a way to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So this final question, uh, what – is your you could either say your favorite horror movie or what was the horror movie that got you into making you know making horror movies um the horror film that got me into man um that's hard because ultimately I, I love horror. I think horror, you know, I used to be scared until Freddy versus Jason. That movie wasn't so scary. And it got me to appreciate like, oh, like these killers, you know, they like they they don't just kill. They have a way of how they kill and, and how they scare people and all that. But I think the one that, um, you know, that just doesn't have to be slashing and bloody parts everywhere was saw two, especially the needle pit. Um, it's a scene where, you know, they're, they're trying to get a key and this girl's thrown into a pit full of needles, you know, like, yeah, a lot of people are scared of needles, but imagine hundreds of needles stabbing you and, and, and they're all dirty. They're all dirty needles, which makes it even gross, which gives it that uh, feeling. Um, you know, like the, you didn't need a killer in that scene. It, it just you putting yourself in that thought of like being in that pit full of needles is just if I'm able to pull that off in the future where I can scare people or make people feel uncomfortable by doing scenes such as that, then that, that's that's what got me into like horror. Let me see. I'm trying to think of. My favorite horror movie. Well, I guess my favorite horror movie right now is the original A Nightmare on Elm Street. Because that's one of the few horror movies that I reviewed that I gave it five. Well, I don't say five stars. I say five. 
five out of five claws. Freddy Krueger claws. <laughs> because I didn't sweep a wink after watching that movie. I did not sweep a wink at all. I, I did not sweep. I don't think I even sweeped in the morning. <laughs> it, was, it just had that kind of an effect. And I mean, yeah, the ending could have been a lot better, but otherwise it was an overall scary movie, to be honest. The, the scary part of it all was most of the deaths could have been explained with logic. And, and that's the scary part of all. Like every single possible, you know, and you could even die in your dream. That was scary. Mm hmm I mean, great job by Robert England. I mean, definitely, if somehow he's still alive and I have a horror movie project, I'll, I'll keep him in mind. <laughs> he, he just knows how to do it. He just knows the basics of how to, you know, sound scary, look scary. I mean, got to give credit to the make, you know, the practical effects and, and makeup department with that as well i mean great job you know and so yeah so with that so with that being said uh adrian tell the people how they can uh you know contact you or social media wise yeah um so i don't have a website i need to work on that <laughs> that's probably the hardest thing I do is presenting myself, but pretty much you can always contact me on Instagram. That's mainly the social media website I use. Uh, it's Adrian underscore insanity. And yeah, if you ever want to work, just shoot me a, a DM um, on Instagram and I will get back to you. And plus that's where I update everyone, like what I'm working on and post like my favorite work and yeah. All right, thank you very much, Adrian, for being on the Industry Horror Coffin Cast. I really do appreciate it. We should do this another time. And yeah, <laughs> definitely. Thank you for this. I mean, I've I've always been a big fan of you, Nate. Um, and I think this is such an amazing podcast name. And um, yeah, I'd love to do like an October episode. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I'll keep that in mind. You let me know. Remind me when it gets to October because I've been kind of been losing a lot of track lately. I've been working some on some, some side projects, especially a uh, side project miniseries that I've been putting on another podcast. Uh, it, 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 as soon as you hear the title, you're like, oh, this, this is definitely... It's one of the, it's a mini series. I call it the mechanical force. So this is basically what if I got a chance to work on that very popular sci-fi Lucasfilm property? What would I do to expand upon that property? Mm. Yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah. And as we close the lid on this episode of the Industry Horror Coffin Cast, we appreciate all the industry horror hearers and casual listeners out there. <laughs>